G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's turn our attention to what will be the good work of one Christian ministry organisation with a 50-year history of helping people through addictions. The amazing Christian ministry of Teen Challenge provides long-term residential treatment and rehabilitation services. And they've just recently held a gala event in Brisbane. Now that event featured Lauren, one of those who has successfully gotten free from her addiction. She told her story to the hundreds who were gathered in the Brisbane City Hall and she's joining us today. Lauren, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much. Hello. Lauren, take us into where your addiction started uh, and a little bit of your background. Sure. So I, um, 2014, my husband and I um, were having a baby and I had a miscarriage. And I think my um, journey started there just with the dealing with that. But also that was just a trigger really to the unravelling of a whole lot of feelings and emotions and past experiences just read their heads and force their way out. So from there on, I just, I didn't cope very well. Interesting, isn't it? The way you can reflect on how you cope with a crisis and you recognise that there are past experiences that actually contribute to how you'll handle that crisis if you're reflecting on your earlier years, what sort of things were going on that caused there to be a little bit of a weakness when it came to a real crisis that you had to tackle on your own? Um, I think growing up, <clears throat> I, I had a beautiful parents and, you know, I grew up as a family, as a family of seven. And, uh, you know, we had our challenges and um, my father went through some tough times which caused him to have mental health issues and there was drugs and alcohol within our family, and that really impacted us. And as a young girl, I watched a, a lot of stuff happening in the home, and I didn't always feel safe. Um, and then, yeah, growing up in my childhood and teenage years, I went through some experiences that were pretty traumatic, but I didn't deal with them. I suppressed them. So I think that when you don't deal with stuff, you it comes up later. So when you've gone through your childhood, and, uh, you know, I think we'll get to a point where we'll say, you know, you were not a bad egg. Uh, there were all sorts of good things about you. Uh, but when you've got drug and alcohol happening within your family, and even though your family might have held together and people seemed quite happy, there's something there that becomes a weakness for when you're making some decisions when that crisis hits. Is that something that happened to you? Yeah, look, I, um, as you said, I was a pretty good girl growing up. Um, I never really wanted to add any further stress to the family. And even when I, um, yeah, just a good girl, I didn't get into any trouble really. Um, when I got married, I was, you know, we were so happy for the first seven years. Um, but yeah, then when we went through this crisis, I, I just really had a breakdown and struggled. And so that's when I 
reached out for, I guess, things that were in my family in the past. I reached out for alcohol um, and, and other things to numb out the pain. Um, and, yeah, I just I was pretty secretive about it, so it wasn't something that I was managing, really. And, Lauren, not just a good girl, but a church girl. And yes, so right. when you were facing your crisis, uh, those things that you saw your parents turn to, this is the sort of thing that made it easier for you to turn to those yourself? Look, it wasn't my parents. It was more, you know, siblings in the family that turned to that. But my mum, you know, she was a Christian sort of from the age of, you know, late 20s. Um, So after she had kids, she started to take us along to church. Um, My brothers weren't really interested but I was going along and so, yeah, I, I connected with God then but I sort of made my own decision for God when I was in my early teenage years and um, that was a lifesaver for me. Like, God really did save me. Take us back into that day when things completely fell apart for you and you sought some help from uh, those drugs and alcohol. So, going back, I... Um, I just, I think just when I had that, had that breakdown, I was just wanting to numb out. I just wasn't coping. And so I reached for substances to try and feel better. I was struggling to be around social environments. Um, I was obviously, I also had my own hairdressing salon. Um, and I struggled doing that towards the end, being around people all the time. And yeah, so I really struggled with that. And the interesting thing here, uh, I know that this is a part of your story, that, you know, when you were, as you say, a good girl and, you know, you were in church, but when a crisis came, there was some weaknesses there. And you like to reflect on the fact that this could happen literally to anyone. Addiction (laughs) is there waiting, almost lurking in the corner, ready to pounce. How do you describe that 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 vulnerability that so many people actually have? Yeah, sure. I, I just think that people have this perception that um, you know people are a certain. It's only certain people that can get into addiction. You know, people have had a, a rough past, or they chose this life for themselves, or they're young. You know, and people think, oh, you know, but it, it, like me, it came kind of out of nowhere. I was a good girl um, growing up when I was involved in sports. I was, you know, worked hard to be a good hairdresser. I had my own business, happily married. I loved the Lord. Um, but, you know, I went through a season in my life where you know, I went through something traumatic and it was a trigger and it, it, a whole lot of stuff just reared itself up in my heart and I wasn't coping with it. And I was not able to be vulnerable. I wasn't prepared to be transparent. And because of that, um, yeah, I, I took another avenue. I, I guess I was just so ashamed and I felt so guilty how I was and how I felt. And so I decided to cover it up and cover up the feelings and try and walk through it, showing that I had it all together, but there were cracks there and it was, became pretty obvious and my, bro- my the problems in my life just started to break wide open. When you were growing up, you had an eating disorder. How did that contribute to the way you were feeling about yourself, uh, even into this time after you were married? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I did. I I developed an eating disorder. And so when things started to feel out of my control um, or a trigger would come or I wasn't dealing with something, I would restrict my eating and I would try and control myself because I couldn't control the environment around me. And so that was on and off for years. Um, you know, I'd be healthy and then I'd go back into it and then I'd be healthy and then I'd 
you know, look at people around me and think, oh, you know, it's all about security and comparisons. And so I was walking through that. And then when um, we went through this, I was obviously the feelings and everything was out of my control. So I started to develop that eating disorder again. Um, I had bulimia. I was trying to hide that from my husband and from people around me. That was a really a big challenge. Um, I over-exercised and I really did just restrict my eating and it really caused me to become quite unwell in my body but also in my mind and in my spirit. So you lost a baby and in the emotional turmoil of all of that, uh, you turned to some drugs. What drugs did you turn to? So I started drinking secretly, which was a pretty big deal because my husband and I, we didn't drink. Um, so I was doing that secretly and I would buy alcohol and I would hide it around the house in the jackets of my pockets, in my pockets of my jackets and in my clothes and in my wardrobe. And um, then I was taking Valium uh, as well. I would go around to different doctors to get prescriptions filled. Um, just wanted to really numb out, not feel how I felt. And I guess as time went on, you would have some and it wouldn't be enough and you would have some more. And it got to the point where I was drinking secretly most days um, and wasn't able to really cope without doing that. When it would come to a social event, I would find that very, um, I'd get anxiety, I'd find it anxious, so I would drink and you know, or take some pills just to be able to get through that. So alcohol and prescription drugs, and they became right. an addiction at what point did you say, I can't go any further with all of this? I mean, emotionally, you were on a roller coaster. At what point mm-hmm. did you say, I need help, and you reached out to Teen Challenge? Yeah, so um, after a, you know, a, a significant amount of time and after opening up to my husband, my, my neighbour actually challenged me to tell my husband the truth about things that were going on and the extent of what I was doing. And so I um, had shared with him what was going on, but that kind of exposed me and also probably made me feel a bit worse. And so I did spiral out of control. I had out-of-body experiences. I was just losing it. Um, As I said, I was drink driving, wasn't being able to be the mum that I wanted to be. And so when it came to that point, um, my husband had said, you know, you need to get help. People are starting to ask what's wrong with you and, you know, look well and, all the stuff that you're doing, um, he was worried for my life. So he did some research with our neighbours. Um, they were good friends of ours. They were worried and concerned for our family and they helped Yahan to find some avenues of help for me. So that's when they contacted Con- Team Challenge to ask what, how the program could help me. And he then approached me and said, would, you, would I be willing to go to Team Challenge in Queensland for 12 months? How much of a challenge is it going to a teen challenge program and committing yourself to 12 months, uh, knowing that at the end, you know, there might not be guarantees, but of course they have a wonderful track record. But how much of a a challenge was it just thinking, I've got to get onto a a track like that? Well, the ultimatum was he said I had to leave or I needed to get help. Um, That was really difficult for him to say, but... The reality is, is I wasn't heading anywhere good and the, the help that I was seeking down there, psychology, psychiatrists and other avenues weren't working, I was getting worse and so when he said this, I realised that I'd just gone pretty far and um, I realised that the only way to be well again and to be good for my family was to take up this offer to go to Team Challenge and I'm knowing that it was a Christian program was really important to our family. Um, it's a really big part of who we are and we knew that 
well, my husband, who had done the research, knew that this place would take care of me in that way. And, and that's a big part of my journey is that I just believe it wouldn't have been possible without God leading me and guiding me and helping me through the program. Lauren, how important is that spiritual dimension when you're trying to get free from an addiction to drugs? Uh, the spiritual dimension has a real effect. It sets it apart from all sorts of other programs. What difference does it make when you're in that? I personally believe that it's it's so much harder without God in it. I think that um, there's a real power at work within us when God's leading and guiding us. And without that, which, you know, I I don't know how people do it. I, I hear success stories and majority of them are because they found God or because they realized that God was a massive part of how they were able to be free from their addiction. Um, and even a member of my family, after many, many, many years, credits it to a relationship or a connection with God is the why, reason why he is now clean today. Do you need some sort of special referral to get into a Teen Challenge program or do you make some sort of application? How do you think that works? Yeah, they have an intake system. So, I mean, majority of the time you can't get in straight away like many programs. There's a system that they take, a professional system to go through where you come from, what you're, what you're you know, challenged with and, and how they can help and where you're at at the time. Um, but I was thankful for the time that I'd called um, I made my first phone call and I was so concerned about the money and how we were going to pay for this program. What does it even look like to go away for a year of costing of, you know, not being with my kids, being out of work, but the um, caseworkers, the, the people at the staff or it had just said to me, don't worry about that. Don't worry about anything. Just get yourself here. We'll work all that out when you're here. Like I just thought it was amazing, you know, coming from Victoria to Queensland is a pretty big deal. And they made it the process so smooth and easy for me. And that's just what we needed as a family at the time. And when you're there at the Teen Challenge uh, Rehab Program headquarters, are there lots of other people that have come from all over or are they more localised or are they drawn from all different places all around Australia? Uh, Look, there wasn't anyone from Victoria when I was there, but there was definitely people from different parts of Queensland, Brisbane, um, Cairns, and, you know, people have travelled hours to be here um, at this program. So I think that there's a mix. And when you're in the program, uh, how many are you getting to know? And I guess everyone's on the same journey, facing the same challenges, uh, facing all the same emotional rollercoaster. Uh, do you become very closely knit uh, with the, the group that you go through as a cohort? Actually, I would say that everyone's story is so different and the challenges are also very different. And I think that there's a lot of different personalities as well. So for me personally, um, I think there was probably six girls when I was in here, six women. And I was grateful that we all um, got along pretty well, um, but we all understood that we were all on our own journey and we're all at a different pace as well. You'd come in and then you might have been there then for six months and then someone new would come in. And, and because when you're coming in, it's, you know, it's challenging. It's hard because you're, you're ready to deal and confront your, your trauma. You're ready to deal with it. Um, but, yeah, you just got to work together as best you can and be considerate of one another. Well, Teen Challenge, they had a fundraiser just recently, a gala event in Brisbane, and you were their guest speaker and you told your story. They were looking to raise money to run another year of programs that would help people just like you, Lauren. Uh, for listeners, mm-hmm. I'll give the website for Teen Challenge. It's teenchallengequld.org.au. 
teenchallengequld.org.au. Lauren went through the Teen Challenge Rehabilitation Program about eight years ago now. And Lauren, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to share your story with listeners today on 2020. Oh, it's a pleasure. You're welcome. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.